can we start with this? Can we start with this? The people, yes, the people, you, if you're here, congratulations. You deserve that. You really do. Now this right here, the final episode of Sippin' on a 40. You heard the music in the background, okay? We had to get we had to get extra sexy for this episode. Let's be honest. Let's be real. And that wasn't supposed to be the case, right? It's a hockey podcast. We were just gonna keep it quite simple for what again is a hockey podcast and and one that allowed me to, to live my dreams. I was just gonna pay homage to the sport itself, but hey. We just had Chris Faber on. And, and that guy brought the romance. I'm not going to front. Uh, I was, uh, I wouldn't say surprised. But damn. I just realized Chris Faber can do it all. Known for so many things, right? The beard, the voice, the fucking work ethic, all right? It's quite possible that Chris Faber, and in fact, I'm going to say it, it. It is the case, okay? Chris Faber works harder than my dad. He does. He does. Give him a round of applause. And after 20 minutes of, of talking hockey and life with Chris Faber, uh, this dude, this dude, sorry, drops a gem. A gem in the world of romance, all right? Uh, unbelievable. Uh, this guy has a long career in this thing called living a good fucking life. Honestly. People, people, one love. Again, last episode of Sippin' on a 40. We'll make some phone calls. We'll try to. Who, who knows what's going to happen, right? As always, pretty much, we're just pressing buttons. We're talking hockey. Hey, Rick Ross. Rick Ross, yes, you. For the last time, bring us in. Man, we're going to have a lot of fun tonight in Vancouver, all my real fans. <laughs> Yo, 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 yo. Yes, this right here, the last episode of Sippin' on a 40. My name, Kyle Bowen. That's K-Y-L-E-B-H-A-W-A-N. You can find the show right now on the Nux Misconduct Network. Yes, shout out to SB Nation and Nux Misconduct. Go check out the rest. The rest of the slate, it really hasn't been there for quite some time. Right, the quickie, silky and filthy, power of the towel, hosted by Nick Bondi, my enemy. My enemy. And this show right here, Sipping on a 40, it's been a blast. It really has. It really has. But, hey, before we get sentimental, right, because it's going to happen, all right? Dream come true. It comes to an end. Kyle Bowen, emotional dude. It's going to happen. This is going to get sentimental, all right? People, people, people. I'm probably, I'm probably going to cry, right? That's, that's going to happen. And that's okay. That's money. It is what it is. Yeah, before we get to that, let's talk hockey. All right, let, let's not fool the people. It's a hockey podcast, right? Woo! Your Vancouver Canucks, the offseason. Uh, we might as well just stick there. In, in recent news, the most recent news involving your Vancouver Canucks. Woo! They signed what? Jason Dickinson, who they traded for right before the expansion draft. They signed him, avoided arbitration and all that jazz. And got a three-year deal done for what? 2.6, 2.7, in between? I don't know. And don't take this the wrong way. 
but I got to do it. Honest person, honest podcast. Do I really care? No, I don't. I don't. And is that pessimism? Is that pessimism? I don't know. I don't think so. I think it's because Jim Benning deserves a guilty verdict when it comes to, you know, my trust and not having it. It's deserved, all right? Jim Benning doesn't deserve my trust, especially with this, with this pro scouting. Look at what happened last year. A debacle. The year before that, a debacle. There, there's so many of those things. What does debacle even mean, all right? But he is uh, he, he's one of those dudes who's, uh, who's signing the checkbook all the time and, in most cases, getting it wrong. Now, again, from an off-season point of view, I don't trust it. I don't care. Because I'm getting older in this thing called life, and I've seen this again for many years. Jim Benning, you just got to prove me wrong. The Vancouver Canucks just got to prove me wrong on the ice with the results. Make me eat my fucking words in order for me to regain any trust in this organization. That's just a fact. That's where I'm at. With this commitment, this lifelong commitment that is being a fan of the Vancouver Canucks, right? Unbelievable. We're not going to go there. Not in the final episode, okay? Can't do it. Kyle Bowen, K-Y-L-E-B-H-A-W-A-N. Can't do it, not on this one. Uh, not yet. Sports, man. Sports. They, they, they take you through a lot. They really do. Anyways, what else? What, what else happened this offseason that... That I gotta talk about? Oh, the Sedins. The Sedins. That's something else, right? The Sedins. Uh, they deserve so much. And we just talked about how Jim Benning, you, you got to prove me wrong. Uh, another reason why you got to prove me wrong is you got to do well. When two of the faces of the organization now again, in some capacity, are Henrik and Daniel Sedin. You got to do well for them. Not just the fans, again, for them. Because uh, they don't deserve... They don't deserve bullshit at all. Well, let's be honest. Not those guys. Hey, there's a bullshit. <laughs> they deserve the best. They do. And they didn't get it. They didn't win a Stanley Cup. And that's what they fucking deserved. Henrik and Daniel need success. They do. And think about the story, the, the context that would be added to the content and that that content is the story of Henrik and Daniel Sedin. Quite honestly, with the Stanley Cup, and they could get that in this capacity, with the Stanley Cup, uh, they could go down as the most iconic slash unique slash elite sports duos of all time. Of all time. Because again, the story, and the story with the championship, that sounds nice, that sounds great. That sounds warranted, that statement. Again, the most unique slash elite duo in the world of sport. Again, the story, unbelievable, unbelievable. But they need wins, they need a championship. And something scares me, it really does, because again, I don't trust the dude. I don't trust Jim Benning managing a hockey team and putting the pieces together 
I don't. Not at all. Something tells me that this could be bad for Henrik and Daniel's legacy. And I don't want that. Because, again, there's not much. There's not much. They didn't win much. And that's just the truth. And they deserve wins. How are we playing this music in the background and I can still raise my voice when it comes to this team right here? Look, we're just pressing buttons, people. We're just pressing buttons. Can we make a phone call? Can we call Trevor Bags? Well, let's do that. You're listening to Sippin' on a 40. Trevor! Do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? You just missed out on being on the final episode of this podcast right here. This hockey podcast, Sippin' on a 40. Shame on you. That sucks for you. Can you give him a boo? That's what he deserves. An opportunity to change your life and you didn't take it. Well, what's going on? Hey, <laughs> I just realized actually. All right, put the music down. Put the music down, all right? I just realized. Trevor's home alone, yo. This dude's watching porn. He's watching porn. He's doing it. And I'm sorry, kids. I'm sorry, kids. I had to say it. Trevor's watching porn. Speaking of the kids, and let's narrow it down, right? To those seven-year-olds, to the 17-year-olds. To the, the kids. Chances are, and there's a strong chance, a lot of you, yes, are not fans of the Vancouver Canucks. And you live in this province or you have people around you who cheer for the Vancouver Canucks. But again, you are sitting there not giving a fuck about this team. And I don't blame you. I don't blame you. The Canucks have been a mystery for, for what? When it comes to the standings, the results for eight years, nine years, who knows what's going to happen with this team? Who knows what's going to happen to the team that you choose to follow? They're not a safe bet, especially for those who haven't bought in yet, who haven't signed that lifelong deal like I did way back in, what, 2001. Again, kids around here, Vancouver. Not really giving a fuck about the Vancouver Canucks, right? Now, the Canucks, yes, the Canucks are not cool. How could it happen here in Vancouver? In Vancouver. In Vancouver. The team's got to win, yo. The team's got to win. Now, I've been thinking about that side of things for a long time. Over my little break. For me stepping back from the game I love. The fucking kids, yo. I've said it so many times, right? I want the team to be good because I'm getting older. I'm getting older. Almost 30 years old. I need a ring. But damn, we all need this. We all need this. This city needs it. And there's so many things, in my opinion, from my vantage view, that are happening, that are bubbling in the city of fucking Vancouver, right? Real talk. So many things. Uh, you want me to say I'm A? Just go follow me on Instagram. K-Y-L-E-B-H-A-W-A-N. I'm hopping back on Twitter soon. Uh, you know the deal. A lot of things happening in the city of Vancouver. But the hockey team. They're not winning games. And this city does not feel the same. As it did what? 
almost a decade ago. It's losing a big part of its identity when, again, the Canucks suck. That's just facts. Can we call Trevor back again? Can we take it there? Man, my man, my man. How you feeling? How's it going? What you doing? I'm talking to you, man. I'm talking hockey with Trevor Beggs, yo. Are the Canucks gonna gonna change, Beggsy? Can you can you just predict the future for me? Because I'm writing about the end of the episode and I, I'm ending with I have no faith in this organization. Just no faith. No faith at all. Uh, can you uh, tell my listeners something else? I mean, I think there should be more faith about the Canucks heading into this season. But they're not going to be as bad as they were last year, and I think everyone knows that. And you look at you look at the forwards, and they do have, I, I think, probably one of the best top nine groups in the NHL. And, and I think one of the most exciting things, and Travis Green uh, said it recently, is that a lot of these guys haven't even hit their prime yet. And we're talking, of course, Pedersen Hughes, but I would throw Besser, Oglander, even Pod Colson, who we got high hopes for. Um, yeah, I mean, the defense is a mess. Benning, you know, he does an iffy job running this organization, but iffy. at the end of the day, if you want to be a glass half full guy, and it's just the summertime, baby, why wouldn't I be a glass half full guy? Can I show one of the best boys in the league, one of the best forward groups in the league? Um, there, there's reasons to be optimistic, but yeah, at the end of the day, Defense is worrisome, but hey, man, it's it's August, baby. And uh, I think the Canucks, they should be a playoff team next year, I think. Man, oh, man, you're just a happier dude than myself. That's the case, man. What are you, what are you eating? What are you uh, right eating? now, I'm eating, uh, I'm actually eating the pasta, a uh, homemade Filipino pasta sauce. Uh, yeah, I got the chili flakes on there, the green Ooh. onions from the garden. That's yeah, like- it's, it's a good life, man. Wait, hold up. You got the green onions from the garden. So that's that's the key, man. That's the key, yo. I think you're more here than I am. You're in, you're more in the moment, you know? You're more in tune with yourself because you are eating some homegrown food from Mother Nature, man, from the earth. And, uh, damn, I just learned something there, man. You you live in life, baby. Well, Kyle, I know are you uh, in, in the studio there. I know you got all those plants going around and shit. And I, I'm a big plant guy, but I you know what I like even more than plants? Is plants you can eat, okay? Ooh, okay, so maybe yeah. you need some of that in the studio. Get some mint, some basil, some green onions, yeah. and uh, just spruce up any dish you got. Now, we had a homie, a V, in here. He, he brought us some basil and some mint, and this dude was always just throwing it in my tea, you know? Without even asking me. He'd just, like, take a leaf out and just drop it in my tea. I was like, dude, did you even wash your hands, bro? Like, now I got to drink this tea with this. <laughs> but it smelled good. It smelled good, man. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. We're talking to Trevor Bags on the final episode of Sippin' on a 40. Yo, yo, Pedersen, uh, we uh, we didn't get that emotional about the quote, you know, the quote about winning years from now, blah, 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 because it's the obvious, right? It's not a big deal at all, and I think, I think it's a good thing that he would come out and say something like that, to be honest, because... Yeah. His voice should matter the most. We're talking about, in my opinion, an outlier in the game, an alien still. I, I know last year was last year was a lot of things, okay? But I don't think we should look at last year as an indication as, you know, a plateau or a decline. This dude is still on the rise. And if we just look back at last summer and what he did in his first playoffs, I mean, that's that's the Pedersen. Like, that's the Pedersen that we should base off our hope from. And with that dude, anything is still kind of possible. Uh, yeah, Pedersen winning uh, the quote. Well, what, what do you have to say about it? 
I, I love the quote, to be honest. And maybe, you know, I, I think that quote was dropped while I was still on vacation. So call me optimistic. But no, at, at the end of the day, you want your best player saying that they want to win. And he should want to win. And I don't think, like, he's not going anywhere. He's going to resign in Vancouver at the end of the day. And if he signs the deal and the Canucks aren't winning, I wouldn't fucking blame him for a second if he decided to leave. Yeah. And in fact, if the Canucks are still losing for three years with Pedersen on the team, like, maybe they got to pull a Buffalo and shake things up. Let's hope it, uh, it doesn't go down that road. But I love the quote. I think he, he should be wanting to win. I'm telling you, man, I, I see a lot of Austin Matthews articles on TSN.ca, but I don't see any but Austin Matthews saying that he wants to win. <laughs> um, thought I might just throw that out there. I know the guy's a good, good player and all, but, uh, you know, you want to hear that from your best player. You don't want to hear that they're, you know, pulling their pants down and then mooning oh. people. You want to hear that they want to win. Okay, that's all I got to say. Damn, dog. I hear that, though, man. I hear that, though. And, and Pedersen, you can tell by the way the dude plays. He doesn't take a shift off. Sometimes you question it. Like, yo, relax. We need you on the ice. We need you to score bingos. Don't worry about trying that hard. But again, the dude does not t- take one shift off because he does want to control the fate of the game. You know, his, his will to win is is unmatched when it comes to my viewing of elite level talent on the Vancouver Canucks. Like, through my 20 years of watching, I didn't, I didn't watch Lyndon or Burry at their peak. But again, here's a guy who proved in his first playoffs, putting up points, doing his thing. Doing his thing every single game. I was amazed, bro, because being a Vancouver Canucks fan for 20 years, right, Begsy? We never saw our best players, like elite guys. I mean, we saw Kessler and Spurts, blah, 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 but our elite guys really stepping up and leading the team not only with their effort but with the points too, and Pedersen did that all in his first attempt at, at, a, at a playoffs in the NHL. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I... I, I would almost put the Sedins in that category. They were poor brigade players in the playoffs, uh, maybe a little below uh, what they did in the regular season, but they were they were pretty clutch in the playoffs too. Uh, but yeah, at the end of the day, like you said, Pedersen had that motor. He was making plays at both ends of the ice in the playoffs there. And, and I think, you know, Hughes is in the same boat too. Hughes was fantastic in the playoffs. And I do think that's why there should be hope in this market. You see what these guys can do uh, on the big stage. Uh, and now they have, the, the team is better. I know the Canucks, you can quibble with Ekman Larson. Is he going to be a liability? Is he going to help the team? Um, at the end of the day, they got rid of some bad contracts. They brought in Ekman Larson. They brought in Garland, Dickinson. Like, this team, realistically, is going to be better next year. Uh, it's just a question of how much better will they be. But, uh, you know, I, I'd be I'd be surprised if Pedersen uh, was... Um, I'd be surprised if Pedersen was, you know, if he wasn't as bad as last year, you know? Yeah. He was good last year, but like you should take the next step. That's what I'm trying to say. Long-winded answer there. <laughs> it's a bit of a long-winded answer. And again, I think I would stay with that season longer when it comes to my opinions about Pedersen if it happens again this season because I'm not going to spend my time looking at a COVID year, a little bit of an injury year, just a weird fucking year, a lot of changes. I do really want to, even though you should you know, throw things to the throw things aside and just carry on with business, I do wonder how much all those changes in the offseason with Markstrom to Foley had like had an effect on that dressing room and just their faith in what was going on. It's just a weird year. Last year was really, really, really fucking weird, dude. And I talked about it with Favor, man. You know, we, we see the Pedersen quote. Uh, we don't have to look too much into it, but we, we hear something about winning. We see what Nate Schmidt, well, we haven't heard what he said, but he wants out. He'd rather go to Winnipeg than pl- give this team a second chance. And then we kind of heard it in the tone of Travis Green in that interview with Drance. This last year was weird, dude. It was weird. Like, something was really fucking off. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it started on a bad note with them. The Canucks were just cheap. I mean, like, they cut they cut a lot of their staff up top. 
Um, they didn't spend in free agency. I, I, again, I think the Toffoli decision, of course, is the mind-boggling one. The others, you, you could say that was fine. Uh, Toffoli and Stetcher was, were the weird ones. But at the end of the day, I think I started on the bad note. The Canucks were obviously trying to just, you know, keep their costs down. And they weren't really trying to win. Um, on the ice, of course, the guys are trying to win. But the management certainly didn't look like they were trying to win last year, which is really disappointing after a year where they were a game from the conference finals. So I think it just started off on the wrong foot. Yeah. And obviously the Cubs bought their COVID situation. And I'm not surprised if that was the reason why a guy like Nate Schmidt wanted out or Alex Adler wanted out. It was because of the atrocities that were, the, um, <laughs> the atrocity that was the way the Canucks handled that COVID situation last year. So yeah, yeah weird year all around. I think the Cubs management, uh, actually there's a lot of blame to go for, around for them. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, when it rains, it pours sometimes. I feel like that's true in life and probably true for the Canucks last year too. So it's probably another reason why, um, again, there's no way they're going to be as bad as last season. That's just more of the question of how much better can they be. Exactly. And that question is hard for me to answer optimistically based on who's leading it and the amount of insanity that I've seen. And again, just prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Okay, we're talking to Trevor Bags. A couple more questions. Before we let this guy do his thing. He's, he's home alone. He's home alone. He's probably got some porn to watch. Let's be honest. <laughs> Let's be honest. Okay. So uh, another dude that we have to talk about is Brock Besser. I mean, he was he was really good last year, in my opinion, in a weird season. And now he's entering uh, last year on this deal. His qualifying offer is over $7 million. A part of me really thinks, yo, a part of me really thinks that we're going to see 35 to 40 goals out of Brock Besser. I do think that in the Canucks, I, I won't I won't get pessimistic with it. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna talk about their cap, the cap problems next season, but I won't do that. Uh, what do you see happening with Brock Besser this coming season? Yeah, I think as long as he stays healthy, which he was able to do last year for the first time, it seems in a couple seasons, or even since he came into the league, really. Um, yeah, I see nothing nothing but up for this guy. Thirty five forty. Man, 40 goals is a, a lofty target, but I, I do think he's a 30-plus uh, goal scorer, like a 30-goal, 70-point guy in this league. Uh, First-line player. I think he proved last season that he wasn't just a passenger alongside Pedersen and Miller, but a guy who could drive offense on his own. I think for large stretches of the season last year, he was arguably the team's best forward. He might have been the team's best forward in general. I mean, let's be real. Um, yeah, man, I, I'm just excited to see Pedersen, Hughes, or Pedersen uh, Bester, and Miller back together on a regular basis here because... That line was electric in nineteen twenty, and uh, yeah, and I don't see why they can't refine their form in the upcoming season here. Yeah, and, and again, with Miller not being able to play the the first couple games last year, and probably not practicing a lot with the boys, then coming on, coming onto the team during the third game, it just it was just a weird start to the season in a season where I think you needed everything to go your way in order to have a successful season. You, you know what I'm saying? Like things had to kind of line yeah. up, and a part of that was. Also getting the assist, like getting the help and not taking away from the roster, not taking away the Toffoli's and the Markstrom's. Based on the short amount of time that you had from the bubble to the new season, you needed everything to go your way. And the Canucks just didn't really get that from the jump. And it was just weird. Weird, yo. Really weird. Yeah, it it was weird. But here's one thing that's also on my mind kind of heading into next season. And I heard Travis Green talk about it on the the VanCast there with Trancer. Um was that the Canucks were kind of rattled by the fact they had a bad start. There was all these games in short order, and they just didn't really have time to find their legs, get their confidence, and like recover from losses, regroup after a loss. But I'm telling you what, you look at the schedule for next season, and it's not going to be much prettier for the Canucks. I mean, they start with six straight on the road. The schedule is going to be condensed already with the Olympic break. 
um, like next season is going to be a grind too. And it's going to be a huge test of the Canucks mental strength because on paper, I do think they have the talent to be a playoff team. I do think they have probably a top 10 forward group in the NHL now. Um, but yeah, they, they probably need to get off to a good start next season. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be tough with six straight on the road. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's, uh, you don't want to say the right the 82 game season obviously got more time to recover from a bad start but I, I do think a good start is important with this club out the gate yeah. at least go 500 on that road trip and probably 500 <laughs> over the first month damn you just pulled out all the hockey cliches man in one fucking paragraph oh damn did that on, on, shit on how wow. to uh, have a successful season yo have a good start <laughs> you know at least 500 <laughs> in the first month fucking deep <laughs> yeah 60 minutes yeah yo so, 500 yeah things ought to go your way there's so much uh, so much luck <laughs> That goes on in this thing called having success in the professional sports world. And, uh, yeah, I think the Canucks are going to need a lot of it if they want things to go their way. And prove me wrong. Just prove me wrong. I don't care. I've been talking so much shit. Just shove it up my ass, okay? I don't give a fuck, yo. I don't give a fuck. Prove me wrong. Because life, is, even though it's long, it's also, you know, just here. And, and I would love to talk about other things involving uh, your Vancouver Canucks. Begsy, last episode of Sipping on a 40, it was a really fun show. You know, the show was inspired off of Elias Pettersson, but I think it was uh, partially inspired by uh, your uh, your comments on life and how fun should be involved. And uh, yeah, man, I, I, I want to thank you for that. Real talk. Oh, man, you're, uh, you're the one to me and Pettersson in the same category, man. That's yeah. uh, that's that's a dubious honor for sure. But uh, no, it's, it's, uh, you, you, you know you're great behind the mic, bro. Uh, I've always loved podcasting with you. I know you and I got, uh, we got some other things cooking yeah. on the stove. The podcast stove, so uh, yeah, excited to get cracking on that. But uh, you know, you're a fucking beauty behind the mic, and uh, everyone listening, just uh, you know, just soaking Kyle's voice. Let it let it drip through your eardrums. It's uh, it's a beautiful Ooh, thing. Drip through your eardrums, yo, man! I get to tell you about the Bumble Day, man. Come on, man. Oh shit! Yeah, I gotta tell you about the Bumble Speaking Day, of man. Dripping. Yeah, yo, okay. The Bumble Day was something else. All right, so you know, I'm I'm giving that. That, that that girl from Montreal more of a chance, you know. It's been it's been on on and off. I don't know what's happened. A bit of a roller coaster, but I, I'm as much as I'm hating, I'm loving. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those things. I see. I, I know. I know what the, what you're feeling right now. You're kind of feeling like Jim Benning. You're like, you know, baby, like you Montreal Canadians. They squeaked into the playoffs last year. Maybe my Canucks can do the same. You know, uh, it's gotta feed off your energy. Hey, you're feeling like that, aren't you? It's just it's just a bit on and off. But anyways, uh, it's the third date, right? The third date. We're chilling. We're having dinner. And the bill comes, right? And the bill comes. I paid the last two bills, so I'm thinking, yo, it's, you know, it's 2021. So you got to get this one. You know, I didn't say much. I didn't say much. But I, I didn't I didn't grab my wallet for quite some time. Is that a, is that a bad move? Because the way the story ended, is, it's kind of weird, yo. Kind of weird. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I mean, I, I I never expect a girl to pay. That's Maybe I'm old-fashioned. Maybe I should be expecting the girl to pay more. Uh, I've uh, I've always made a point to, to pay for the lady. Uh, but that's just me, man. Well, I was not thinking, saying I'm smart. Because I was thinking, like, I don't know, she ain't my girl or anything like that. It's the third time I paid for the first two. I thought she was going to pick up the third one, right? But again, I didn't pick up my wallet. I just made some small talk in between, you know, that time where the receipt came and the bill was getting paid. I just made some small talk, right? And we're having a good time. I'm Kyle Bound. Trevor, I'm Kyle Bound, okay? K-Y-L-E-B-H-A-W-A-N. We're having a good time. And all of a sudden, she asked about, like, you know, how many kids I would like to have. Oh, Wow. I know, yo. It's the third date. The third date. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And I was like, yo, dude. Dude, yo. I'm not having any kids, okay? 
But you want to have one right now? You want to have one right now? Have it, yo. It's called Bill. It's called Bill. Pay the damn bill. All right? But she paid it. And she paid oh, it. she did pay it. Okay, yeah, okay. Did you answer it. the question? Did you answer the question about kids or no? No, I didn't answer the question. I said you have one right now. It's called Bill. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, that's, that's, what they, that's what they call you seven-day bowing. You really got to put them through the ringer before you commit. Of course, man, because I want to know what I'm working with. And she had no uh, she had no ill will after paying the bill. Real talk. No, no ill, ill will for Bill? Yo, after she, she found out she was paying the bill, she asked if I wanted dessert. I said, yeah, cool. Let's get a cheesecake, yo. You know what I'm saying? Hey, that's what, that's what happens, yo. I'm Kyle Bowen, bro. I'm Bumble, yo. It's a dangerous thing. It's a beautiful thing, too. It's a beautiful Damn, thing, man. too. I should, I, should, uh, I should take one out of your book. I'm not going to go for the seven-date thing, but uh, getting the lady to pay, that's, that's a good one. That, yeah, this has been a romantic episode of Sipping on a 40. Okay, we talked to Chris Faber. He dropped a gem at the end of our conversation. The listeners, wait for that. But for now, let's just uh, let's just congratulate Trevor Beggs for being, uh, for being the second best dad of all time. Well, hey, I'm, uh, I appreciate the love. I, I try to do what I can, but the fact that I'm, I'm out here working and my baby girl is in Ontario still, it's, uh, not, not, I'm not sure if I'm feeling like a great dad right now, man. I'm so far away from my baby girl. It's all but good, thank man. you, thank you. It's all good. She probably loves her mom more than she loves. Oh, 100%, yeah, <laughs> 100%. <laughs> okay, bye, man. <laughs> bye. All, right, all right, buddy. I'll, uh, I, guess I'll, I guess I'll catch you on Wednesday. All right, peace, brother. I'll see you on Wednesday. One all right, peace, man. Begsy, 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 thank you so much for being on this episode of Sipping on a 40. Uh, the dude just texted me right after the conversation and said that he uh, <laughs> he declined a FaceTime from his daughter to be on the show. That's something else, bro. That's, give him a boo, yo. Come on, dog. This is just a hockey podcast, all right? It's just a hockey podcast. Let's speak in the hockey podcast. Let's let's talk to the host of one of the best ones out there, Canucks Conversation. Go find it wherever you listen to podcasts. We didn't get the quad father. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We couldn't do it. But we got Chris Faber. Enjoy the talk. Oh man, this little thing right here. It's it's dope. Like it just it buzzes up pretty quick. It's got these cool flash and like lights on it. Nice, man. It was like 30 bucks on Amazon. Yo, One of the best buys I've spent. Yo, that's that Canucks conversation money, man. Okay? <laughs> that's that Canucks conversation money. Okay, we're with Chris Faber uh, on the last episode of Sipping on a 40 uh, because we have to, man. It's it's Sipping on a 40, and if we got to do it for the people, we got to get the host or one of the hosts, a.k.a. the creator also, of the number one podcast in the hockey genre in Canada right now. Uh, that must feel good, bro. That must feel great. Chris fucking Faber, how you doing? I'm doing awesome, man. I'm stoked to be on the final episode of uh, Sipping on a 40. You know I've been a fan. It was uh, it was the first show I listened to when I was leaving the rink last year because you had it out so quick. Yes, sir. Uh, you know I'm a fan of the show. Uh, so I'm stoked. Come on and uh, we kind of put this show to rest and see what you got in the future here. Yeah, man. We had to do it this way. You were you were the first guest on the show, and there's no one else that we'd uh, we'd rather talk to. And you know we're gonna we're gonna bullshit later in this conversation, but I do want to start off strictly on the Vancouver Canucks, and, and I want to question uh, the culture. That's happening right now within that organization. And uh, I'm only asking this because of what's happened or what I've heard has happened with this uh, with this summer and all the offseason changes. Uh, we, we start off with Nate Schmidt demanding a trade. 
right? Nobody knows really the reasons why. And then we have, well, maybe I'm digging too deep into this, but I did listen carefully to that Tra uh, Travis Green interview on the VanCast with Drancer, and he alluded to the fact that, yeah, like, I'm paraphrasing a bit, but the rink was a pretty shitty place to be last year, and I don't think it just had to do with the losing. The losing probably had a lot to do with it because we're talking about some competitive motherfuckers, but again, the rink was not a good place to be if you were a Vancouver Canuck, and then we see that quote that's probably, again, a bit skewed because it probably was translated from Swedish, the Swedish language about Elias Pettersson, you know, obviously wanting to win, but, you know, that that even being stated, it just, it just has me questioning the, the culture of the Vancouver Canucks, and it has me, again, emphasizing that this is a really important year. I, I know that's a bit of a an overstatement, but I think for the trajectory for the next, like, 10 years, this year coming up is really important for the Vancouver Canucks. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's massive, right? And I think that was the thing that you kind of liked about the quote was that he just said that he wanted to win, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what all Canucks fans want to see. They just want to see him win. So I, I wouldn't be too shaken by what was said. I would almost be more excited to, like, have more players say that, right? Like, come out and say that you want to win. You want to be part of a winning culture, then make Vancouver a winning culture. I, I, I see it as, like, a little bit of pressure being put on the management group to be like, let's go, man. Like, I think we kind of all talked about this on our podcast and, and everything. Like, it was in the conversation throughout the market that, you know, people wanted to see this team get good quick before these guys started to just check out, not be a part of this organization anymore. And this might have been just like, I wouldn't call this like a shot. Like, it was more like just like an arrow being sent across by Pedersen. Like, hey, a little warning shot here that, you know, we need to start winning here soon. Otherwise, this team's going to check out. Yeah, 100%. After a lot of mistakes made to what they're putting together. So I, I kind of liked him coming out and saying this, and it didn't feel like it was harsher. He didn't do it in a harsh way at all either. Yeah, and again, it's it came from an interpretation and a language a switchover. Who knows uh, the, the tone of what was said. But again, it just kind of added to what's been indicated about this team and what happened last year. Again, we saw it on the ice. The team sucked, but man, it, it just... It just seemed really sour last year for the Vancouver Canucks. And, again, things have to change. I've said it many times on, on Silky and Filthy on the network. Y'all, I'm getting close to 30, dog. I'm getting close to 30. I'm getting up there in this thing called life. And I would like to see some things called dubs for the city of Vancouver. Look, look, man. I'm in this uh, this entertainment industry in the, the city of Vancouver. I run into a lot of young people, people who are 18, 19, 20. Rarely, yes, rarely, I bump into the person that actually watches hockey. And there's a strong chance, a 99.9% .9 chance that that person is not a Vancouver Canucks fan because they have not seen success in, what, more than half of their lifetime pretty much. And it's, it's a thing. And again, if they, don't, if they don't succeed this season based on what they've given up in the last two seasons and the money they have tied up, I just, I just don't really see it happening for this organization. I'm looking at this team and I'm kind of scared that we're looking at Something similar to like the New York Knicks, the Cleveland Browns, the Edmonton Oilers. Ooh. I'm scared, Favor. I'm Favor. Favor, give my people, the listeners, who probably listen to the Canucks conversation, Real Talk, give them some optimism going into next season, man. Do it for me, okay? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like you need, if you're going to try and buy into this team right now, like, and I think a lot of people are, like, a lot of people are going to come back. I've noticed it in like my Facebook Messenger that I don't even have notifications on anymore. I just check it every once in a while, and it's like a couple buddies that, I knew from back in the day, just trying to ask questions about the Canucks. Like, I didn't have that last season. I didn't have that going into the bubble. I didn't have that two years ago. And maybe that's because my maybe I've grown a little bit in popularity and people want to hear my opinion more. But, like, you know, it, it's, like, honestly, though, it, I'm seeing the buy-in from the 
casual fans. And that's such a huge part of building back up a fan base because you're always going to have arguments. Like we're always going to have the people on Twitter and Canucks Twitter has enough people on it that we're always going to have active conversation through the community. But like, the cool thing is like when you, like what you said, you walk into, you go to the pint. Like, I wonder what the pint was like, you know, what it's going to be like moving into this non COVID year where you can actually go to the bar with your friends and watch games. Like, I hope it returns to what it used to be, but because of the precedent that they set, you know, from basically 2013 to kind of 2019, you lost a lot of the casual fans. And mm-hmm. right now, like next year is just going to be step one of building it. So you really hope that they can come out, make the playoffs, get back into it because if this is the first year of rebuilding and the fans don't get on board, it's going to be even more like it's going to be a few years before you start to see the casuals come back. No, 100%, man, 100%. And I, I've said it again many times. This city, Vancouver, is not Vancouver when the Canucks suck. And it's time for the Canucks to stop sucking. Okay, real talk. <laughs> Put some things together and get some doves for my people. And, you know, you're, again, host of right now the number one podcast in the hockey genre in Canada. All right. Sure. And for the majority for the majority of your tenure as the host and creator of that show, bro, you've been talking about losses and prospects and the future and hope and draft picks and draft capital and the lack thereof and asset management. How about wins? How about wins and projections for better seasons? And I do I do wonder how things will will change for someone like you who again creates content all the time when the team starts winning. Do you ever think about that? Do you ever think about that? Like when the team starts winning oh, year in and year out how much more fun this is going to be. You know, like I talk to a lot of reporters like often, like guys in the market, Daniel Wagner, Thomas Grant, guys that have been here for a long time, JD Burke, like these guys were there and kind of around the team, writing about the team in 2011, 2012. Like they got to see it firsthand. Like I've been covering this team since 2016. I haven't had like a lot of great things to write about, like aside from the bubble hockey, which fans weren't even at, like you couldn't actually feel the atmosphere of what Vancouver's like with a playoff team. Like, I have no idea what the city's actually like. Heck, I, like, I lived on the island until a year and a half ago. I don't know what it's going to be like to, you know, now I'm only 20 minutes away from, from Surrey to get onto those corners and start seeing what the parties are like. Hey. Like, you know, uh, like, see, I forget. What's the street name? I can't remember. Scott Road, motherfucker. Scott Road. Hey, Scott one Road. top for Scott Road. One top for Scott Road. Yes. I'm 20 minutes away, man. I can go Ooh. see what it's like there. And, you know, like, I, I'm excited to just to actually cover a team that's like, you know, fun. Like I'm excited next year about the top three lines going out there. Mm-hmm. When, when could I say that when I was covering the Vancouver Canucks? Maybe when I was talking about the team that was coming to town, because I never got to say that about my home team, the Vancouver Canucks. Like now I'm excited to see what the first line can do. You got the lotto line, you got Horvat with some actual wingers. You got a third mm-hmm. line in Dickinson surrounded by potentially two 20 year old kids that are absolute studs right now. Like yeah. there's, there's a lot to be excited for the Canucks going to float out on a shift to life shift basis. And, you just can't say that in the past. So, like, the thing that I'm excited about, I mean, is the winning. The winning's going to be great. But just having something fun to write about, fun to talk about, fun to cover, like, that's going to draw in more listeners. It's going to grow the community for everyone out there podcasting, creating content. So, I absolutely love it. And I can't wait to see what happens when when some wins start to bring back those cats. Yeah, man. And, and the wins start bringing back what the city is all about. And, you know, you alluded to it. You know, there are parts where you can see – success happening the next step is just i know it sounds redundant but it's just to win games and have those players believe that oh we have the talent and we also know how to win because right now the canucks organization they don't know how to win and it's been happening for quite some time uh that being said uh, again i'm getting old said it many times i want to be proven wrong i want to be proven wrong i I don't know if jim benning can do this 
and actually construct a successful organization. But I'm going to have to be wrong if I want life to go my way. You know what I'm saying? If the Canucks make the playoffs this year and get some wins, Jim Benning is your GM going into next year and probably the year after. And that's going to be something else. I'm thinking that if Jim Benning wins the Stanley Cup as GM of the Vancouver Canucks, there has to be a a, a fucking hour-long documentary on how he did it because he truly did it his own way. Is Jim Benning the most entertaining and most reckless GM in the NHL? I think so. Yeah, I mean, reckless, you could probably put Mark Bergevin up there. I mean, what he's done over the past uh, year and a half has been a little something-something. Yeah, straight up. I mean... For for like for saying reckless like reckless abandonment of just going into free agency and yeah. signing motherfuckers like Tyler Myers for like Woo! six million dollars, going out trying to trade for OEL all last year, losing players, then going back and getting OEL this year, like it is man, and then letting your two guys that like we've you know the one thing that we've been talking about a lot as Canucks fans watching these young prospects come in and be unreal was like uh, man. You know, like we've seen the tweets, it's like lock down Pedersen for 20 years, give him that 20 year deal. Yeah. Obviously, you can't give him 20 years, but like now we're going into this season where there's actually hype and expectations, and they still don't have Pedersen and Quinn Hughes signed. Like it's mm. another just madness play by Jim Benning at this point. I'm <laughs> sure that there's a reason why those two came together, got a power agent, uh, you know, because yeah. they can help put that pressure on Jim Benning. But, you know, I agree with you, man. He might be the most entertaining. He definitely fits in nice with how much the Vancouver market wants to engage because, yeah. uh, you know, if we had just a quiet GM not going to make these moves, maybe we wouldn't be going so crazy on Canucks Twitter all the time. There's there's a reason why the dude trends, like, probably, what, 10 times a year across Canada? Yeah, he, an NHL GM for a team that doesn't win is trending all the time throughout the year. There are more important things in this world and in this nation that need to be trending, <laughs> okay? What is Jim Benning? Uh, because all of all the noise he creates, and he he is entertaining. And when he made that trade, I literally stopped and I laughed. I, I didn't I didn't even get I couldn't even get mad or or anything. Even though uh, he's taking on the big contract again and he's shipping out guys who have one year left on their deal, and it's like, oh, we haven't even had a season where we don't have dead weight, and we may have that with OEL. Who knows? I want to be proven wrong. I want to be proven wrong. Please prove me wrong. But here he is again, just doing whatever he wants. He is one dude really follows his path i truly believe he has read the alchemist 15 times because he doesn't listen to nobody he doesn't look left or right he just looks straight at what he wants to do and it's a it's a weird plan but he he truly has stuck with it and that's just do whatever it takes to to change and oh man it's just it's just year after year jim betting is it's truly something else but hey go win a stanley cup go make the playoffs go do your thing and, and again prove me wrong and i want to watch that hour-long interview interview with jim betting on how he did it because it would be a, it would be a lot. Now, Faber, before I let you go again, number one podcast in the hockey genre in, in Canada, which is which is which is huge, and you guys have done it. Quadrelli uh, on board too. Shout out to the Quadfather. You guys have done it, in my opinion, in an unorthodox way because you guys still don't dish out a ton of video and do all that stuff. You guys just give us the sound and the audio and the conversation, and slowly but surely, y'all have created created a culture for your guys for yourselves, and it's. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, uh, talk about the start and where you are now, and if you have like any advice to anyone who's starting out—not even just podcasting, not even just hockey writing. I'm just talking about you know starting your dreams. <laughs> Real talk, because this is cool. <laughs> this is cool as fuck. Yeah, I. You know what the funny thing is, my my brother just quit his job uh, like last week. Uh, he was driving like a, a long flat deck truck, and he loves skate. He like he loves it. He does it every single day when he comes home. He works a twelve hour day. 
that he goes and skateboards at the park for like four hours and then it's 10 o'clock and he's at home he's waking up at six and i told him i was like honestly man if you can find something that you can like if you can make a job out of it by investing a shitload of time and you think you can make it happen you're good enough at it or good enough at something around it it's so much nicer to have your life be circled around like work with something that you enjoy like it's crazy man like i I worked at a mill. I made like 85 grand a year. I worked a shit ton of hours, you know, 60 hour weeks, 50 hour weeks consistently. And it was nice. Like I love the weekend, but now it's like, I love seven days a week because I get to cover hockey and you know, it's, it's crazy, but it's, it takes a shitload of work. Like if you mm-hmm. want, if you want to make it full time, it's so much work and you really have to like, your life has to be around it. But if, if you just want to start out, you want to do a podcast, you want to blog, there's so many opportunities to do it now. And it, you know, it just takes, you know, take criticism the right way at the start and kind of, you know, take the right criticism. Like don't be pushed in certain directions, do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're getting into content creation and you have fun with it, that's the best thing. Like I, I have so much fun, you know, going to record with Dave every day. I, I might not have fun when it's two in the morning and I'm like finishing up an article about a Swedish prospect who I've just watched for like 10 days straight, but you know, it's still in the end. I'm like, man, I look back at those days in the mill where I was like, sitting you know we'd, we'd be in the smoke pit everyone's you know i'm reading the athletic i'm listening to podcasts while i'm working i'm like man now i'm creating that stuff for other people to do it it's been pretty incredible and it was, it was a big swing to come over here and do it but you know it, it's happened and i think it's just it's the biggest thing is just working working your fucking ass off man like i it, it's crazy how much you actually have to work to make this into a full-time job so i'm hoping that a lot of the heavy lifting has been done and now we just keep lifting up a little bit and getting better every year you know Oh, that's going to happen, yo, and maybe the heavy lifting isn't done for a while still, but you said something beautiful there that I think is going to keep you going for a very long time, and it's your recognition that, like, you got to have, you got to have fun, yo. You got to have fun, dude. And, you know, some people who do chase their dreams, this shit does get hard because then you, you, you're like in year two, year three, and you're like, yo, I can't go back now. I can't go back now because yeah. this is what I want to do, and I quit my job, and I did all this, and... Uh, it's it's a lot, it's a lot, it's a lot. And sometimes that thing that you're chasing doesn't get fun anymore. And if you're listening to this, just remind yourself, remind yourself, you're chasing your fucking dreams. You gotta lead with having fun when you're, when you're at the bottom because that will motivate you. And that, that'll actually just tell you again, like, dude, I'm trying to make money doing what I wanna do. And that will lead me to levels of financial freedom and just freedom in general, to live the life you wanna live, yo. Favor, man, you a motivating dude. I'm not going to lie. I don't know a lot of people in the city as motivating as you. Real talk. Real talk, dude. Straight up, man. I appreciate that, man. I I, I try, man. Like, I, I seriously, like, I, I want to just make sure it's said, like, 10 times when you ask me. I was like, you got to work really damn hard mm-hmm. to, to make it happen. And, like, you know, I, I love my downtime. It's awesome to have, like, the most supportive girlfriend in the world Ooh. who's now, like, become... <laughs> You know, she's become a Canucks fan. She's like invested. She just got her first Huglander jersey. She's jacked up about it. Uh, and being able to like spend downtime with someone who's like supportive, it makes a huge difference too. I've noticed that in the last you know year and a half that we've been together. Unbelievable. That's how favor's <laughs> gonna end it, baby. Gives that shout out to the girlfriend. I I love it, man. Hey, you know what? We well, are. You know what? Okay. She's going. She listens to every guest spot I do, so I hope she listens to this. I hope she does. She reads too. all the articles. She Yo, listens to them all. She better have heard that. And bro, I don't. I don't even think you're trying to gas her up. I think you're telling the truth because people are so important in this I'm, world. People are so important in this world, and when you're hustling like that, and you have somebody that you can lean on that kind of humbles you, and then you know reminds you that, damn, I'm just here. I'm just here. I gotta do this. 
makes it easier and damn shout out to your shout out to your beautiful girlfriend that's what we're gonna end this on yo that's what we're gonna end this on okay she's getting the last shout out i'm sipping on a 40 because she's gonna help favor deliver the goods to the people of vancouver and that's what you're doing man so thanks for everything thanks for your time thanks for hopping on this episode and hey people if you're listening to this have fun and spend quality time with those who love you because you can really use your energy when you're when you're doing this, when you're chasing your fucking dreams. Real talk, real talk, real talk. Thank you, Chris Faber. Faber, thank you. Yes, thank you for being you. All right, straight up. Thank you for being you. Dropping gems for my listeners. Dropping gems for my ears. I feel way, way more well-equipped to capitalize on my time on Bumble. I feel more smooth, more efficient, more clear-minded more selfless thank you chris faber and hey run the applause for chris's girl jim benning take notes take notes that's how you make decisions that is pro scouting that is getting a good deal a great deal a fantastic deal she's doing it she's waking up every morning every morning just doing this a hundred percent because she's a winner Speaking of winners, chances are you're not one, right? You cheer for the Vancouver Canucks. Hey, I'm not a winner. Kyle Bowen is a loser. But speaking of winners, Pedersen. Yes, Pedersen. Uh, that dude is a fucking winner. Now, has he done it on the pro level, the NHL level? Nah, but he's only been in the league for what? Three years. And he happens to play for a Jim Benning-led organization. That shit is tough in the NHL. Now, last year again, his third year, uh, wasn't the greatest, wasn't a spectacle, but it, it was weird. A lot of changes. COVID-19 again, doing its thing. And an injury. A lot of things in that third year. And he wasn't bad by any means. By any means. If we're going to look back at Pedersen's play, uh, we look at what he did last summer as an indication for his will to win. And an indication on how lucky we are to have this guy part of this organization. Again, last year in the playoffs, in the bubble, he did things that elite-level Vancouver Canuck players don't really do in the playoffs. And that's put up points, do their thing. But with Pedersen... That's just a possibility. Year in and year out, uh, that's what he's going to bring. His, his best. The dude's a dog. A real motherfucker. He, he's a winner. He's a winner. I believe in that. And part of the reason why he is so good is because, again, of that will to win. We see we see the way the guy competes. We also see a skill level. We often ask ourselves, like, dude, you don't got to try that hard. You don't got to engage that much. We need you on the ice. Do you really need to be that physical? But he's doing it because, hey, he's Pedersen and he wants to win. He's doing whatever it takes. That's the dude on your team. And for him, winning matters. Now, we're lucky, again, that these pro athletes have to wait until, what, their mid-20s to have the freedom to decide where they want to play the sport that they've been mastering for years and years and years. We are lucky because a Jim Benning-led organization may not win next year. It may not win the, <laughs> it may not win the year after, but Pedersen... 
Pedersen really really doesn't have a choice. It's going to be hard for him not to play for the Vancouver Canucks before the age of, what, 25, 26, 27? It's just going to be hard. All right, so I'm not looking that deep into this quote. It's not saying much. It's saying the obvious. I want to win. But, hey, if this team's not winning in four to five years after this next deal is possibly done, I'm going somewhere else. I'm, I'm demanding a trade because, hey, I want to fucking win. That, that's what brings joy to a dude like Patterson's life. I want to win too, okay? But I also want to get the fuck out of here. Uh, that's it. The final episode of Sipping on a 40 is now over. Yes, you, the listener, I want to thank you so much for being here and just, yeah, being a part of the experience. We always had a fun time. Y'all let me do my thing. Again, y'all let me live my dream. And I say that honestly. Now, yeah, my, my dream looks different day by day. And there's different variations of my dream. But at the end of the day, I'm pressing record. I'm publishing and I'm talking hockey to the people of Vancouver. I'm fucking living the dream already. We just talked about it minutes ago, right? We're just here. I'm living on this earth. I'm just here. You got to capitalize on what's really happening and lean on that. It makes the days way easier. And again, the experience that we share, the, the listener and myself, I can't thank you enough for that because, yeah, this is a hockey podcast, but... It don't sound like one that I've ever heard. Real talk. And and y'all just allowed me to continue to do that. And the DMs, the comments, privately were so kind. So kind and so respectful. And uh, yeah, I don't think I did my best job at appreciating those comments in the moment. Because of how focused I was on what was to come. You know? Wanting more and more and more. And not sitting down with... What was already being appreciated and uh for that i do apologize i wish i communicated more with the fans but hey it is what it is things happen in this thing called life you live and you learn and i'll be better i will be better all the guests yes all the guests that did their thing hey nick bondy i would have you on the show the final episode but again we're rivals we're rivals now all right me and nick bondy going at it next year we the top show on the network because he took my spot. And the bosses pushed me to the side just to have that dude do his thing. It just, it grinded my gears. I'm coming after you, Nick Bondi, next year, all right? I'm coming after you. Don't get too comfortable. All right? Don't put that down payment on the house for your mama, okay? Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm coming after you, all right? Yo, my name Kyle Bound, K-Y-L-E-B-H-A-W-A-N. Go follow me on Instagram. I'll make my Twitter debut when this episode comes out, I guess, right? I guess I'm back. And, hey, oh, we're going to have to play the full song. Nelly Furtado, I know. I know. And all the people's music that we stole in today's episode. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But we had to do it for the NHL because things got to change, baby. Things got to change. And, Nelly Furtado, you are a fucking legend. And if this podcast is going out and it's, you know, going to be out there for the world to listen to for the rest of of eternity, I want them to know that this podcast about the city's team loved Nelly Furtado.
crimson so the th-